0: The, best, the hottest man in the world, KISS! You are now listening to Music the Lifebloods KISS Special. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Music the Lifeblood, where we usually like to do something old, something new. I'm your very humble host, Dustin. This is an extra, special, ultra-mega edition of Music the Lifeblood. Why? Because KISS. That's why. This is part one of Carter and I discussing some of our greatest oh shit moments as fans of KISS. Stick around, cause oh, the feels are coming your way. But first, I want to let you know that this episode of Music the Lifeblood is brought to you by my favorite. Midwestern Record Store, Indie, CD, and Vinyl, located in the switched-on Broad Ripple neighborhood of Indianapolis, Indiana, located at 806 Broad Ripple Ave, for hardcore music collectors and casual folks alike. They've got everything, punk, metal, hardcore, hip-hop, reggae, jazz, and a shit ton more. I pop in on a regular basis, and I have literally never had a bad time. Check them out on Facebook and Twitter at Indie CD and Vinyl. Make sure you spell it I-N-D-Y, IndyCDandVinyl. Yeah, buddy. Now, let's get on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of music, The Lifeblood. Carter, what are we talking about?
1: The hottest band in the world, KISS!
2: <laughs> <laughs> your, your,
0: your intros, are they always make me laugh. I can't help it. Alright, so, so yes. good times. Anyway, Carter and I decided we wanted to do a little bit of a, a freeform episode, a KISS episode, about uh, we decided on oh shit moments mm-hmm. that we've had as KISS fans. Yeah, You know, I've jotted down kind of like a rough, like top five, six, seven, whatever it is. So the back and forth seems to work the best in this scenario. So that said, what's your first oh shit moment as a Kiss fan?
1: My first oh shit moment um, was probably uh, the video for Rise To It when they are putting their makeup on at the Uh. beginning the kid.
0: Okay, okay, okay,
1: okay. At my age, I, I didn't grow up with, with Kiss and makeup and stuff, and like, I got into Kiss basically from Crazy Nights on, right? Like, I mean, I'd been aware of them, and I was a fan when I was a toddler, but uh me and my friends really got into Kiss on Crazy Nights, and then, you know, then there was that whole thing because, you know, that went through, and then there was Smashes, Smashes, and Hits, and then the small little gap between Smashes and uh Hot in the Shade, the first video was Rise to It, and sure. then we see the first thing we see is Gina Paul putting the makeup on and me and my friend Eric were just like, what is this? What's going to happen? You know? And then that was that was probably my, my first oh shit moment with Kiss because I thought something was going to happen concerning the makeup right after that. So that's the so, one I can remember.
0: Okay. 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 So you and I, we're similar in age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we're, pre- we're pretty close. I was born in 1979. I think you're a couple of years you know, older than that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're of the age that, uh, we started really kind of heaping it on with the band, so to speak, at the point, no makeup. Eric mm-hmm. Carr, Bruce Kulick, those are our guys. Yep. Crazy Nights, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, that era of the band.
1: Yep. It's
0: really interesting because, you know, when, when you take a look around, you know, the music, the lifeblood bunker, <laughs> the, the, the studio that we're in, there's a lot of non makeup paraphernalia <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
1: that, that no, I that,
0: and i love that era of the band i love all eras of the band but that specifically i'm a big bruce kulik guy so yeah. did you know that that said did bruce Kulick's playing grab you as much as as it did me
1: um yeah i mean when i when i was little um i didn't i I didn't really know, and when I say little, I mean twelve. I was like twelve when I became a rabid Kiss fan, like big and bad, like buying all the magazines and everything. And um, when I heard the guitar solo on "No, No, No" <laughs> on, on "Crazy Nights," just—I mean, I, it's the it's the best worst shredding ever. I mean, I fucking love it. It's almost kind of like he went C. C. DeVille on it. I mean, it was fucking. <laughs> awesome. and,
0: and I get it, no, no, no. I'm down, down, but don't count me that <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Some of Gene's best, best work. I I love it when he does the the Kermit the Frog vocals or whatever. They're the Cookie Monster vocals. You know sure, what I mean? I, sure. I love that song. I mean, I, that was one of my favorite songs on that. And, like, the shredding on that. I mean, Bruce was definitely my guy at that point, you know. And then seeing him uh, live, like, the first time I saw Kiss was on the Hot in the Shade tour. And, like, just seeing, you know, Bruce come out and then just, I mean, you know, and it was just – it was all over. I mean, like, yeah, Bruce Bruce was the only guy I really – I mean, I was a big Ace fan. I'm still a big Ace fan. You know, I mean, he's honestly my second favorite member of Kiss to Gene Simmons. Sure. Get into that shit later. But, um, but like, you know, Bruce was just like, you know, to me, all I knew was shredding guitars, you know, in, in that time. You know, every, every guitar, I mean, Vinnie Vincent Invasion, you know, um, Motley Crue, all the, all the stuff that I was into that was, you know, flashy and theatrical had shredder guitars. You think
0: you, know, McMahon, every, you, th- you think McMars is a shredder? Um, you would, well, put, him, you I, would put him in that category?
1: I think certain eras of Mick Mars, like okay. um, the Girls, Girls, Girls era, I think he was pressured to shred because of what was going on at the time with all the shrapnel records, Mike Varney, you know, that whole thing. Sure. Um, you know, but uh, um, yeah, he was under some pressure. But I mean, to me, it was anybody that was finger tapping and, and playing fast, you know, like the solo on Girls, Girls, Girls where he's doing like the sliding up and stuff like that. To me, that was shredding. But okay. anyway. All
0: right, gotcha. I, all right. Yeah. I, I, see, I, mean, see I, I always think, to me, Mick Mars, I always – I don't put Mick Mars in that sort of, in that arena of of players. I, yeah. I, I put Mick Mars closer to things, you know, to guys, I don't know, maybe like Joe Perry from Aerosmith. He's, okay. he's, he's, I think he's flashier than what Joe Perry is, and I think Joe Perry, uh, he's able to kind of pick and choose his places uh, better yeah. than a lot of people, especially from his generation, but. I don't know. I would, you know, Mick Mars. At the same time, though, I feel like he could keep pace with like a KK Downing too.
1: hmm That's you a know? very good point because KK Downing had like a blues slash over, uh, over affected metal, 80s metal sound. Just like, just like Mick. I mean, because like Mick Mars is very blues oriented, but he didn't yeah. really like clean with a lot of reverb and stuff like that. He played like with the same. I can't really describe it, but the the type of uh, guitar effect that Paul Stanley had. Um, Michael Shanker had, um, Nick Mars, they, they had like a lot of just effects that just kind of just, it almost like was purposely made to make the, the lead guitar stand out more sure. or something. But just sure. a weird reverb extra layer that lead guitar players had on their shit in the 80s that Mick Mars definitely had. I think that's probably why I thought of him as a quote-unquote shredder because Warren DeMartini kind of had the same thing going on from Rat, hmm. you know, um, you know, and uh, Vinnie Vincent had the same sort of sound, but he played a thousand miles an hour, so that's completely different. But but anyway, getting back to my original point, though, Bruce was not a, a shock to my system. Sure. Was like oh yeah. Our players they fucking kill it. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to shred, you know, finger tap their asses off and play anything, you know. And uh um yeah, he was the first guy I ever saw a lot. Well, I mean, they open or they they had openers, but I mean, my first kiss guy that I saw live at Lee Guitar, it was Bruce and he blew me the fuck away. Right.
0: I think well, I think as far as far as that generation of guitar players, I think Bruce I think Bruce has a very good handle on how to play tastefully, you yeah. know, how to, how to best serve the song. And I think that's probably because, I mean, he's got, Bruce has got a really, really interesting background. I mean, played with Meatloaf, mm. you know what I mean? Oh, worked, worked with Michael Bolton in uh, Blackjack. Jack. Yeah. And, dude, I mean, he was just almost like a troubadour, you know what I mean? Have, have strings, will travel sort of guy. And I think that's why he's able to, at least in the in in his time with Kiss, I think that's why he was able to sort of seamlessly move in mm-hmm. there, and there wasn't a bunch of bumps, you know, like we had with Mark Saint John, you know, yeah. from an internal standpoint, Vinny Vincent, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. I think I think Bruce knew. I think I think Bruce had a good handle on how to how to interact on a personal level, yeah, as well as a musical level, to where it was going. To, it wasn't going to you know, unduly make waves, you know, that sort of thing. But, I mean, he ended up, I mean, he's co-written a butt ton of great songs, you know, so I think that that alone is testament to how well he can probably just kind of get his shit together and work work with people in the right way.
1: It always seemed like a really even-tempered guy that was not really like somebody that was yes. pushed on by, by Paul Stanley. Like, like Tommy Thayer, as much as, I mean, you know, controversial or not, I love Tommy Thayer. He stepped in. He does his job. He, he plays. He mimics Ace Fraley to a T. So that's, he's, he does his job. That's what Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons want him to do. But the thing about it is, he, he comes off like Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley's bitch. Bruce Kulick was never really their bit. He was kind of like the guitar player's guitar player. Hmm. He came, and you knew that's what Bruce did. They let him do his thing. You know what I mean? Especially seeing him on stage with like, um, on the Hot in the Shade tour, the first time I saw him, and then when you go back and watch Kiss Animalize Live, the MTV concert when he's on there, when True. they called him Bruce the Spruce because he just kind of <laughs> stood there like a tree. That and was
0: that, that. I think I believe. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Animalize Live Uncensored was his first quote unquote official show in the band.
1: The first full, because didn't they did some things where they split up the set between Mark and well, Bruce? Well,
0: yeah, yeah, that. But like, but it was the first show where they were like, "Okay, you're in the band."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Because like, yeah. it was like all four of them were showcased. This is Bruce. This is Eric. This is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. These I, are the new guys.
0: I mean, watching watching that watching that video now, it's 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 interesting because it's a it's obviously a transitionary time. Mm-hmm. You know when when you put it in the grand scheme of of history, of history. <laughs> it's funny. No, when you think about it, like in like a historical sense, like there's there's eras in the there's eras of the band. There's there's epochs of time where thing things were going strangely. Oh. But anyway, in 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 the grand scheme of things, when you look at when you look at the history of the band, like I said, it's a transitionary period, and to have it documented so mm. vividly is interesting. I wish that. You know, as a fan of the band, it'd be nice to have like, you know, like the elder era, you know, documented that well. But obviously we got the appearance on Fridays, you know, the three songs they played, they did, um, uh, they did a solid gold performance. They did that, uh, European (laughs) award show lip sync thing without ace. And then a couple like TV and radio spots and things like that. But other than that, there's not a lot Mm -mm. And, and it's, that's a traditional
1: the, period too. Yeah,
0: I, I think I think one of the things about Kiss is that you know when, uh, to, in my opinion, in my opinion, everybody always thinks about you know nineteen seventy six, seventy seven, seventy eight, like the real commercial peak of the band in the original run. That's all very documented. It's, it's a very rich vein, so to speak, in history. But I've almost as as a fan, I've come to let the the times where they struggled kind of that more defines my sort of residual image of KISS in my head. When I, when, like when someone says KISS, the image that pops into my head is like the, the let's put the X in sex video. That's one of the first things that pops in my head.
1: That's a great point. You know why? Because that's when they were hungry again. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, 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 that's yeah. Really root. That's when we really, as Kiss fans, we root for them. We're like, oh, okay, cool. It's not, hey, remember, remember when they did this? It's like, dude, they're they're fighting. They're they're going, you know, they're going head to head head to head against Bon Jovi and, and Motley Crue. You know, they're freaking, they're going or you know, like when Smashes came out, it was like a new album and it was a greatest greatest hits album with two new songs, and we we're excited because it was. Not that they were really struggling, but they were trying to keep their heads above water Mm -hmm. at that time, you know? It
2: was, it was
0: legitimate, it was legitimate competition. Being Mm -hmm. able, being able to stay relevant at the time. I guess that's the best word for it, which is funny, it's funny to me because when you, it's strange that, I think according to SoundScan, you know what I mean? When you're tracking barcodes that smashes, thrashes, and hits is still the best selling Kiss album. Yeah. Yeah. it, it I, I my think mind. It's, it's interesting to me because of the the remixes of you know the uh i love it loud the mm-hmm. just the 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 neutering <laughs> of i love it loud compared to the original you know creatures of the night mix you know from late nineteen eighty two it's it's like it reminds me of like when uh you ever watch those videos on youtube where you see uh like the disney version of Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yeah. Like Hammer Smash Face, it's that mm-hmm. it's that different and it's it's so strange to me. It's it's just odd that that's the best-selling album. You know what I mean? You would figure well, You you'd figure it they, would be Destroyer, you know, or whoop. Alive.
1: That's I mean, did they re-record songs on that or just remix all the old stuff?
0: A lot of it's remixed. Uh, okay. Like, like I prefer I do I do on smashes thrashes and hits I do I really like the mix of love gun that's on there I think it's I think it's a really solid mix mm-hmm. um, just you know different placement of some of the some of the guitars the drums there's a little more effects on the drums a little more reverby and it made it sound bigger so when yeah. when I when I, I listen to you know my my 12 inch of smashes thrashes and hits i I almost enjoy that version of Love Gun more than I do than, than what's on the original album or even on a live too I think yeah. I think that version of it I think it's I think it's cool I think it's really really cool
1: i It's funny that you say that because for the longest time when that came out, I wore that i i I've owned about three copies of it on on cassette mm. and uh, i've got I've got the picture disc vinyl and I've never had it on CD but the thing of it is i what I've, you ever have like when you hear something a certain way for so long. A certain version, but when you hear a different version, you still ha- hear the other version. Sure, kind of in your, sure, yeah, absolutely. Like if you hear an instrumental version of a song, you hear the hear the vocals, right? The the versions of all all the songs on Smashes. Whenever I hear them on the other albums, um, to me, I I hear the Smashes version because that you know because that was like. You know, when, when Crazy Nights came out it was when they were starting to sort of acknowledge they had a past in makeup. A little bit. You know. Yeah. We love it loud and and Gene having the bass in the video with his makeup on it and stuff sure. like that. And I think that like Smashes was really when us young KISS fans were like, Cool, you're acknowledging the makeup stuff. Yes. You know, it opened up a whole Pandora's box of like, okay, now, you know, it's you know not that we didn't want to before, but it made us want to go back and find those full albums all over again. Sure. And that's what it did to me anyways. And that was like that was my even though uh, Crazy Nights and Love Gun were my first two albums that I owned of Kiss, um, it was kind of like – Smashes was like the, the door opened. It was like – that was like – I don't know. But it was like every young Kiss fan that missed out on them in the 70s, that was their album. Sure. you know. And then the, the dudes that grew up on them in the 70s are yeah, I remember these guys. They bought – they they went back and bought Smashes. Maybe that's probably why it sold so well, you know well I,
0: I think i I don't know i mean realistically do we do we think i mean do we think that you know let's put the x in sex and you make me rock hard gave well, it legs you know i I think i don't know more than anything it you know the, the okay good example uh the version of rock and roll all night on there all di- different drum sound that sort of thing that's the version that's on the dazed and confused movie
2: soundtrack. Mm-hmm.
0: That they played that version even in the movie too. It's not the it's not the mix off of Dress to Kill or the or the Alive version. It's 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 that smashes thrashes and hits mix. It's strange to me though, but I don't know. It's That's a, good, a really interesting time of the band. I,
1: it's it, just, it, it is yeah. Well, there's a lot a lot of people were still calling Bruce the new guy back then, and you, you know what I mean. You already know, I, I, I remember I just remember being like you know talking to people about Kiss and they didn't know who Bruce was even after. Anim, you know, animalized tour and then asylum and then crazy nights, just people just being like, I had a friend of mine that was looking at the album cover. He goes, who's this guy? And I was like, that's Bruce. Keeler. Oh, did, is he the new guy? Yeah. And for some, that conversation sticks out in my head so much. I mean, this was like, you know, back in 1988, 89, but still it was like, he's always been the new guy to people, you know? Yeah. He's been well,
0: I think, so- you know, you have the, the, the shadow of Ace Freely looms.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, over
0: everything, it casts over every guitar player that's ever been in the band. And I mean, I get it. Ace is an amazing guitar player, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Whatever.
1: Audio wise and everything, and and then yeah, and then the little blips that like Mark St. John and Vinny Vincent were in there. But I mean, you know, now it's just. But I mean, it's it, it's it's an really interesting time because a lot of people were rediscovering Kiss at that time, I believe as well. Oh, oh yeah, but, absolutely. But one thing that always perplexed me was. It's their greatest selling album, but they don't play You Make Me Rock Hard or Let's Put the XSX live. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't single. I cannot, the- no, I, I,
0: I have no shame. No fucking shame.
1: <laughs>
0: you Make Me Rock Hard is easily, easily one of my favorite songs out of that era of the band. I it's fucking great. love that song. And even the video, too. As awkward as Gene looks in that video, and it's clear that he doesn't know the words to the song, and he probably has mm. never played it on bass. I still think it's incredible. I think it's I think it's amazing. The mm-hmm. Paul on the the little trapeze, you know, with swing Gene. sort of thing, and his it almost looks like chainmail tank top. I think uh, it's incredible. I think yeah, like
1: chainmail tank top with like a like a like a like a black like a um, army medic cross on it Right, or whatever. Yes,
0: yes. And you the know, white the white skin tight. Yeah. With the the, uh, the black uh, stripe down. I don't know. I could go on and on. for from... Anyway. All right. We got to move on. <laughs> we can get
3: started. Hey, you.
2: Who? Me?
3: Yeah. You listening to this episode of Music the Lifeblood? Since you're getting this shit for free, why don't you do Music the Lifeblood a favor?
2: Okay.
3: If you're listening to this show on iTunes, then leave a rating and review. Even if you hate it. If you're not on iTunes, is there a like button? Yes. Then hit it. And don't forget to share this episode on whatever bullshit social media platform you're into. Alright? Alright! Fuck yeah! Music the Lifeblood.
0: My first oh shit moment is... I've talked about it on the, the Music the Lifeblood podcast in the past. So... You know, if you get an opportunity, go back and you know the Stitcher or the iTunes feed and you can look at all those older episodes. But for me, the the number one thing, my introduction to the band, was I was sitting in my brother's room uh uh just hanging out. This would have been like 1987, somewhere early on, and we were watching Headbanger's Ball. And they played I Love It Loud. Mm. And just fucking blew my mind and was still
1: yes at, at a young age was that the, the first time you'd ever seen or heard them yeah you were...
2: yeah, okay. yeah
0: yeah i was you know i was so that puts me at like seven years old and up to that point i had you know i i had you know i had discovered music pretty early on mm. and one i'm 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 epileptic and that kind of limited a lot of shit that i could do as a child so I tended to be, you know, I would sit in my room and draw and then once I got introduced to music it was just everything it was over with by that point. You know, that yeah. that was that was what was on my radar. That's what I was going to do. And Kiss was Kiss was the first band that really kind of, you know, at that young age grabbed me by the nuts and you know said ah this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that video just being like just the overwhelming sense of what the fuck is this? What is yeah. this? That, that feeling coming over me and just being amped, just being amped as a kid, you know. So the next weekend, I get my allowance and, uh, my family goes to the mall in the town close by us. You know, we're here, you know, I grew up in a small town in Indiana. So we went to a place called the Muncie Mall in Muncie, Indiana. That's where Ball State University is, in case anybody's wondering. But, we go to the Muncie Mall, and they had a, chain, a music chain store called Music Land. And
1: oh, I, think, I, remember I said, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it became Sam Goody. But anyway, walked right over to the fucking tapes, you know, the cassette tapes. And the first thing I bought, I bought two things uh, that day. I bought a copy of Destroyer, and I bought a copy of – I think it was – I'm pretty sure it was Unmasked, mm. which was probably a mistake.
1: Crazy introduction, in, but.
0: yeah. In hindsight, was probably a mistake because I remember listening, trying to listen to Matt Unmasked as a kid, and just being like, "What, Torpedo Girl?" You know what I mean? She's so European. Yeah. I just remember being like, "What the fuck?" But I love Destroyer. I love yeah. Destroyer. And after that, not too long after that, I continue. I continued to buy cassettes, but not too long after that, my brother bought a CD player. He worked. A, he worked a part-time job when he was in high school. He's, "Hey, I'm going to buy a CD player." First CDs I bought, I bought Double Platinum, and I bought Creatures of the Night. Those were my two first KISS CDs. And the unique thing about the version of Creatures of the Night I bought, it was the non-makeup cover of it. The, the cover that was, I think they shot, yeah, the 85 or 86, somewhere in there. Um, the cover of it, which in my opinion, out of the 80s album covers, is probably the coolest one.
1: Because it has an Ass in leather pants on the back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, good. Good point. I think it I think it's Eric Carr's butt. I've come I've heard with...
1: Eric, I've heard Paul. I've heard uh just a random uh stock photo of an ass in leather. I've heard all three. <laughs>
0: Where do you get like clip art ass 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 in leather pants pictures or getting just sitting around sitting around the Mercury office? You're like, We need a picture of a butt in leather. Probably but, yeah. <laughs> the, I, it was, the neat thing about it, though, was that I bought I bought the the non makeup cover version of Creatures of the Night, and that sort of set the tone for me. Creatures of the Night immediately became a non makeup album, even though I Love It Loud was a makeup video. Yeah. So I immediately latched onto that's my lineup. This album yeah. sounds amazing. This is the lineup
1: I want. And they well, got all three lineups on those three albums, pretty much. At that, you know, a, a three, you know, you know what I mean, or you got three, three different lineups. Well, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: On those three albums that you started off on, so you kind of got like a taste, taste of three, you know, three different tastes of Kiss. Yeah. You know, what I mean? so.
0: I think I, I don't know. It's that just kind of it's it's that's how things started for me, and I think sure, that's sure. easily one, but that's that is a oh shit moment for me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's incredible.
1: Yeah. But anyway,
0: anyway, 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 you got another one.
1: No. Uh, well, actually, it's come to think of it like when we first discussed the whole concept of uh, the oh shit moment, um, I was when I brought up the rise to it video. That's like when I'm in the throes of my Kiss fandom and like, mm-hmm. oh shit, this is going on my first. Oh, shit. That when I first discovered Kiss, kind of like, you know, to touch on what you said, I remember um, I was probably about. Um, probably about five, five or six years old in, in, in you know, in 1980, 81. And I was at my cousin's house. My cousin was a huge Kiss fan. He had a Destroyer wall poster on his wall that was gigantic, just the cover Destroyer. of the album. Yeah, and I was fucking terrified of it. And the one thing that really bothered me was Paul's costume because there was so much of his his chest, and it was so deep cut that, like, I walked in, I'm like, "Is that a is that man naked?" Like, oh, you know, I, I didn't want you know, fuck <laughs> with mean? me. I'm just like, get in here. Why is there a naked man? Because all I saw was freaking, you know, nipples and chest hair going all the way down to the, you know. <laughs> awesome. like, so whenever I go into my cousin's room to grab a toy or whatever or tell him it was time to eat or whatever, I was just, yeah. like, oh, I can't look, you know, I can't look at this poster. And, we were, me and my sisters and my cousins, we were, um, we were playing hide-and-go-seek, and, go seek, and um, my sister was hiding in my in my cousin's room, and it was, I didn't want to go in I didn't want to go in there. And then finally, like, my old, oldest cousin shoved me into my younger cousin's room, and I had to go and find my sister and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I looked up and saw the Destroyer poster, and I looked directly at Gene, and I was just, like, I was fucking scared. And I ran out. I was just mortified of Kiss. And then, like, later on that, uh, that night, a commercial for Kiss... You know what? It was probably nineteen eighty two because they're playing at the Sioux City Auditorium um in Sioux City, Iowa on the on the Creatures of the Night tour and the commercial came on. Was it during and my cousin, was
0: it, was it during the winter?
1: Yes. Was it cold out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, because I was at my cousin's house for Thanksgiving. Okay. Actually. Creatures
0: and, Creatures came out in December of nineteen eighty two. Mm-hmm. So the pro, pro I mean that's probably that's probably somewhere in there. You know, at yeah, least was, somewhere around the holidays or the New Year, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. And uh, I remember seeing him, just like you know, and I was scared even more. You know what I mean? It was like, "Oh, that's those guys." My cousin was freaking out. Oh my god! You know, he was he was stoked about it, but just, just like I was so fucking scared of Kiss that like it wasn't probably until like I was around like eleven, you know, um, when I saw. Well, no, no, I was probably about when when they took their makeup off on MTV. I'm I'm like I'm like it's those guys. It's those, yeah. those, you know, those, I, I knew about Kiss, but like, I wasn't like a music fan when I was like, you know, I guess 1983, I would be eight years old. You know, they took the makeup off. And I remember like, I remember like they, they, uh, they took the makeup off and they showed the video for Lick It Up. And I remember my mom was, my mom's, you know, a fan of music. I went into the room. I said, Hey, remember those guys who used to wear the makeup and stuff? They took their makeup off. It's weird. And da, 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 you know, and just kind of like sharing this <laughs> moment. And it's like, those guys used to wear makeup. They're not scary anymore because they're just people now. They're right. just, you know. So that's when Kiss really kind of got on my radar, radar when they took the makeup off and Lick It Up was on MTV all the time, you know, and then, you know, then uh, um, I, you know, I got into music, you know, just like, you know, Quiet Riot and Twisted Sister, something was like the big time MTV stuff. And then um, Eric Tran from the band Green Death, I've known him since third grade. And when we were like in, um, in seventh grade, he became a huge Kiss fan. And he kind of intro- introduced me to Crazy Nights and this and that. So I was just, I kind of had this weird sort of like step by step process from age five up to age eleven or twelve where you know just kiss was just all my I was I was really curious about them but scared shitless of them sure but my oh shit moment was being scared the fuck to death of, of yeah, kiss when poster. I was blind.
0: yeah, yeah you need you need you need like a some sort of like Ken Kelly print yeah know, of, of that you know like like an autographed version of it that would be incredible that would yeah. be incredible for sure that's nuts. I can't imagine ever being scared of them in my head. It's hard for me to rap. Yeah. It's hard for me to rap because like it's been such a big part of my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think the one, the only time I've ever been like, Oh my God, this band is going to hurt me was I saw Marilyn Manson open up for Nine Inch Nails yeah. in, ni- in 1994 on the Downward Spiral tour and they were promoting Portrait of American Family. And my 14 year old brain just wasn't, wasn't
1: ready. <laughs> I really thought you were at like a ritual, and you were going to be murdered.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out, came out on stage, and he read—I don't know—he read something out of something. I don't have no idea. I'm assuming he was reading some sort of spoken word poetry of something he'd written, and he talked about, um, he talked about uh, fucking all of the Midwestern boys, you know, mm. <laughs> at, at the show. And I thought, I, you know, when you're 14, that's heavy. Yeah. You know, that's heavy duty. Yeah, you're not desensitized to that yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you haven't watched <laughs> enough bad movies, haven't listened to Slayer enough, it's gonna it's gonna zap you pretty hard, but I don't know. Yeah. Hey, what's up, motherfucker? This is Dustin from Music the Lifeblood. Are you on Instagram? Do you like that shit? Well, guess what? So is Music the Lifeblood. Just search Music the Lifeblood. You can check out pictures of my record collection, and you're going to get random pictures of Haggis the Wonder Mutt, the official Music the Lifeblood dog. All right, Instagram. Fuck yeah. Music the Lifeblood. Woo! This one's good. Uh, so I'm a big rock and roll over fan, right the album seventy six you know the Eddie Kramer produced rock and roll over. I remember the first time I put that album in and listened to it. I bought c d of it um and it was those old crappy it was before they re-released the catalog from the reunion, so it was mm-hmm. one of those shitty, like, sound saver bullshit, you know, compact discs where it wasn't mastered very hot, it's quiet, and, you know, it just, you gotta Cooper. crank the damn thing up to hear it. And uh the first time I heard Baby Driver, <laughs> just the... Womp, 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 womp. Just hearing that riff come out of a Kiss song, because mm-hmm. for the most part, at that time, my everything that had shaped my opinion of KISS was like Destroyer, a little bit of Unmasked, Rock and Roll, uh, or Creatures of the Night, Crazy Nights, that sort of thing. And it was the first time that I heard something that was older KISS kind of sound like newer KISS.
2: Okay, and, yeah. yeah. And, I
0: got, and I got more excited to dive deeper into the back catalog at that point because um, mm. I had stuck pretty closely to just Destroyer and Double Platinum as a kid. And... And Alive, too, a little bit. But it was the first time that I'd heard, like, a weird sort of syncopated riff that was, like, clearly, like, a downstroke. You know what I mean? I had come to associate, you know, downstroke guitar strumming as something that was heavy because of Black Sabbath. And my brother was learning to play guitar, you know, down the road, that sort of thing. And I remember just thinking, oh, fuck. Some of the older stuff is heavy. (laughs) And just being excited about that. I'm all like, maybe maybe there's another war machine you know maybe i got to pick up dress to kill there could be something as heavy as war machine i i, I, was, I mean fuck no that didn't happen <laughs> but but still in in my head i remember that moment as a kid just being fucking amped about about it just just being just psyched to the core you know hearing well, something that heavy
1: um uh doctor love on that album oh yeah is- yeah yeah yeah. That's heavy as shit too.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting riff too. It's
1: mm-hmm.
0: when if you play if you sit down and play that riff, it's just weird. It's just constructed strangely. You know, Gene Simmons to me as a guitar player, because Gene has played enough guitar on KISS albums to where I could think of him kinda as a guitar player as well. He has a very he tends to he tends to palm mute. More than what Paul or Ace ever would, you know. When you listen to like a song like "Almost Human," Gene's playing guitar yeah. on that. You listen to some of the stuff on his solo album, "Radioactive." Dun 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 dun, dun. He oh, does yeah. he does a lot of that sort of muted strumming sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think him as him as a guitar player, it's neat to kind of if you if you walk down that path, you know. Just imagine if Gene was the guitar player. In Kiss, just how maybe how different things would be at times. Yeah, I, know, well, I, think, I think it's 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 just an interesting sort of you know what if scenario, you know that you can it's kind a good of toy
1: point, with. Because, um, somebody said, uh, my 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 source is fuzzy, but that Gene wrote stuff with horns in mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 been the quote with Gene as a bass player. Well, he'll say. A lot of the time, you know, I try to I try to play bass parts that are similar to horn arrangements and you know the stuff that was going on, you know, around mm. that time in popular music. Which, you know, but um, but um, but um, yep,
1: that da 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 da. Yep,
0: that's yeah, yeah. The
1: song, yeah, you, you can imagine
0: a trombone going, <laughs> you know, it makes it makes all the sense in the world. I think he's an interesting, as far as bass players go. He's a really interesting bass player. I think he's, I think he's. you know, kind of tragically underrated as a player because I think his, him being the face of the band and kind of being the mouthpiece for the band a lot of the time tends, you know, and he says dumb shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It just, that sort of overshadows things a lot of the time. So, I, I don't know.
1: He's interesting. His tone, I've always loved his tone. Ever since I was, even when I was... When I first got into them like as a little kid listening to stuff from the 70s and then um kind of like I'm like I'm like there's just something kind of like different about the bass tone mm-hmm. you know and and then especially if you go all the way you know up to Monster his bass tone on Monster is monstrous yeah it's big one. but yeah, I mean it's, it's
0: I don't I don't want I don't want to say grindy but um mm-hmm. gritty
1: it's distorted to yeah. a point, and I remember seeing them the first time I saw them. I noticed that, like, I'm like, I'm like, damn, Gene's got a distortion pedal on his bass because you know what? You know, when I was real young, the first time I ever saw Kiss, I always thought all basses just played clean, you know, because yeah. everybody that I knew that played bass in bands I'll just played you know clean. But I'm just like, his bass sounds like a guitar. This is awesome. And then I discovered Motorhead after that, and then you know he had the same kind of thing. And then John Antwistle and the Who kind of has you know distorted bass to a degree here and there, and just more, more of, and more. Then I know more and more of bass. A lot of gain yeah, on of the whistles, and that really I think gave a lot of Kiss songs a lot of meat, in that you know that like filled it out because with you saying Gene being a guitar player as well, he's one of those those bass players that plays bass like a guitar.
2: Yeah,
1: you know? yeah And then watching place. live stuff, he's all over the place, just walking up and down, playing chords. i i I think it was on the uh, the Kiss uh, Extreme Close-Up up uh, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, confidential album. I noticed he was playing like bar chords and stuff like that on his bass, Sure. and fifth chords. I'm just like, okay, cool. So yeah, I mean, I, I've always looked up to Gene as, as being an awesome bass player.
0: Yeah, I think he's tragically underrated.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I don't
0: think he I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. He kind I mean, kind of reminds me of Paul
1: McCartney. No, oh, yeah, I can you see know? that. Well, I mean, Kay- that's probably his biggest influence. Yeah,
0: yeah. Kate, he's very capable as a bass player. So anyway, mm-hmm. all right, all right, all right. What's your What's your next one? What do you
1: got? Um, my next, my next, oh, well, okay. This one's kind of like, uh, it sort of goes without saying, but the first time I ever saw them live, and I'm up front, and mm. they walk out on stage, I've all lost my fucking mind. I mean, like, <laughs> me, me and my friend Chad were, were like, we went there, and we we sat through, uh, Faster Pussycat and Slaughter. And, oh, shit! P-
0: what well, was, uh, so hot in the shade then, right?
1: Yeah. Dude, was, was Faster, Faster Pussycat, Pussycat,
0: Pussycat T- torn on Poison Ivy?
1: Yeah, IV. uh, yeah. Oh, House of Pain uh, off of uh, Wait Me When It's Over. That was the album. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, Dude. gotcha, gotcha. And they were amazing. I fucking, to this day, I still love Faster Pussycat. They're See, just here, sleep- here,
0: here in Indiana, we got Faster Pussycat. Uh, I believe, I think they opened for Motley Crue on Dr. Feelgood. Right on. I, th- I, think, I think that was here in Indiana, but. Great. When I remember. Hot, I don't even remember if Hot and Shade came through here. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't old enough to be trekking around to shows. My first, my to put it into perspective, my first big concert was White Snake on the self-titled album. So that would have been 88 ish. So Steve Vai, Adrian Vandenberg, uh, yeah, Tom, Tommy uh, Tommy Aldridge, you know that lineup of the band.
1: Yeah, didn't they? I want to say they toured with uh um Kicks. Kicks and Winger wasn't it, wasn't it Winger on that tour as well? It was
0: just Kicks.
1: It was just oh, Kicks. I oh, lo- I love Kicks. I would have fucking. Oh,
0: close
1: your eyes. Dude. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I'm on, start of fire <laughs> in my electric chair, <laughs> dude. That fucking band, Dan and Dan. Oh, dude, fucking love that band. Fuck anybody who doesn't like Kicks. Anyway, but no, um, when the when you first see Kiss just fucking appear in front of you. They're there. like
0: and it's yeah. like, oh my god, they're real people.
1: This fucking is it, i best described it to my to my mom. She asked me how it was, I said it was like seeing Godzilla or Frankenstein in real life. Like they're these fictitious characters that you that you worship or you freaking just read about. Is this you real only life? see <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just kinda like you see them and you just it's just kinda like, it's like you it feel like you're reaching through the television and walk and just you know what i mean and like what was great about it was me me and my friend we were right up front on like the um on the right i guess it would be stage left and we were right underneath we were like we were i was probably about like 6 feet away from from that thing and just kind of like they come out and like instantly they're just like you know the explosion happens or they're they're doing um you know they're doing Deuce like the uh, Leon's mouth opens, the Sphinx, and they they come rise up and they run out. and You hear the explosion, <laughs> and then freaking, you know Paul you know he skips sideways and then gets down on his knee and whips his arm around. You know like the the and it was just, it was just nuts. And then all of a sudden like you know um, Bruce just runs up right above where we're standing and we're just looking right there. And then Bruce runs down and Jean comes up and I'm fucking losing it. But I mean, yeah, that explosion—you know, the beginning. So did of Deuce.
0: did did they open with Deuce or I Stole Your Love?
1: Is every Deuce. it was Deuce? I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty damn sure because I remember um, I, I just remember um, we looked on in Metal Edge magazine and an, another magazine for what they were playing on that tour. Yeah, the set and,
0: list. I remember it's most of the time most of the Hot in the Shade boots I've listened to, it's. It's usually I Stole Your Love into Deuce. So, I mean, that makes sense. It could be – I mean, it was early enough on in the set.
1: Yeah. So, it's, I mean but, – but but you know what, though? The thing of it is I, I remember the explosion of them coming out for Deuce and stuff like that. And it was 1990 when I saw them, you know, and um, that standing out in my memory, you know, I could be wrong – but I'm, I'm. I remember vividly seeing them come out doing doing dudes at the beginning. You know. Isn't it?
0: Isn't but, it? Isn't it inter- Isn't it interesting to, you know? Okay, good example would be He Man and the Masters of the Universe. On it. Right. Yes. Fucking amazing, right? For
1: sure.
0: Fucking incredible.
1: Hmm. Go Humongous.
0: watch. It. Go watch it now.
1: <laughs>
0: Garbage. <laughs> Dude.
1: South Park episodes from 1997 <laughs> have better fucking quality. <laughs>
0: right, right, yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I always think of where I'm almost, you know, the the conversation about people holding their cell phones up at at shows,
2: Ugh, you know, yeah.
0: taking pictures, you know, that sort of thing. When you have that conversation with people a lot, you know, it's frustrating because no no grainy piece of shit picture or a video that sounds like... Bah! you took on yeah. your phone is gonna be better than the memory Yeah of 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 that show. And I always think of it's 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 interesting to talk. Like, you know, I, I mean we could split hairs. We we could go look up the date for the set list and like Just yeah. Alive Forever and look at it and find out for sure if they did open up with Deuce. But in your head, it doesn't matter. You know what Dude. I mean? Because because that's that's your it's 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 like it's like it's like some sort of weird like theological truth, you know. Mm -hmm. It's in your head. That's that's your truth. That's your reality. As in your Kiss fan of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And we could we could argue with the entire Kiss army about you know what the set list was, but but in your head that's how it went. Yes. And I think I think that's that's what's exciting. That's what's exciting about the band because, you know, you could ask, you know, a million different Kiss fans. You know their their story of seeing the band live for the first time, and you'll probably get a million amazing tales, each yeah. each each somewhat similar and somewhat different from mm-hmm. from the next. And I think from from being like a fan, you know, a lifelong fan of the band, I think that's neat. I think it's I think it's neat to think about that.
1: I think well, it's, it's funny cool. too because I've got people I have went to Kiss shows with that remember shit differently than me. Yes, you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> yes, yes. <that's laughs> Exactly. A fucking, you know, a, a, a sleeveless T-shirt with rhinestones on it. Like, no, he was wearing a fucking cadet jacket with like the frills on it. And like, no, I was, you know what I mean? And you because around that time, you have, you buy all these Kiss magazines and right. you look at these pictures and and then and then you watch like footage of those uh, tours like on YouTube and crap like that. And it distorts your memory, yeah. you know. And yeah. the um the the uh the Detroit Hot in the Shade show on Kissology. I love watching that because that's the closest thing that I have to a high, um, you know, a high resolution or like pro shot um, version of my first time ever seeing Kiss. Sure, sure. And then you've got um, then have got the first time I saw them on Revenge, and then you've got a live three. So a lot of things kind of get murky because I remember like when I saw them on Revenge, they either opened up with uh, Creatures of the Night or Deuce. That, one that,
0: the they went Creatures of the Night into Deuce.
1: Yeah, and see and that's just the thing. And I've listened to a live three like a billion times. And don't they start off with Creatures of the Night on a Live 3? Yep. That- yep. Okay. Yeah, so doodly 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 and then doodly doodly. on Kiss Confidential Live, like um, that, that VHS or whatever, um from the Revenge Tour, I think they open up with Deuce on that, right? I don't
0: know. The the confidential video?
1: Yeah, I can oh, grab I it off. Know. I haven't watched r-
0: it in a while.
1: Yeah. But either way, but but you're absolutely right though. It, it doesn't really matter because all we know is that 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 seminal moment with the explosion. I remember the you know the 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 green lasers popping up, right. you know, and then Leon's mouth was open, and then I saw them like rising up, you know, and then they come up and like I remember like you know you know, first I see you know um, you know Bruce, Paul, Jean, and then then fucking Eric's poofy hair comes up, sure. you know, what I mean? and you're just like fuck, it's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You know, and it's just kind of—it's one of those things. It's—I kind of describe it like this: it's like it's fucking happening. I, I want to stop. I want to fucking just—just just stop it, stop it, stop it. I don't, don't, just don't. You know what I mean? It's—it's it's like a. God, I don't know how fucking vivid I want to get here, but like the first time you're about ready to uh, to to arrive with a with a young lady. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh shit, shit! You want that moment so fucking bad, but you're like, stop, 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 stop. You know, like the first time kiss comes out is like, you just, you know,
0: it's, you know, my, it's like,
1: you, my, you,
0: my, you my, my will never rage this hard again. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then, when, and then after it happens, Dustin, it's fucking all over. It's fucking, you got to fucking go to the parking lot and try to remember everything. You didn't have a cell phone, you never fucking, you know, and you know, it's just like, yes. Yes. You're, my boner for kiss was never so fucking hard and then boom, two fucking hours later I'm just kinda like I'm exhausted, I'm sweaty, I fucking you know What I happened? Smell it. What what just yeah. happened? What what just happened? That that feeling You wanna stop it when it starts. Like, fuck no 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 I'm not supposed to see this. You know, this isn't supposed to fuck you know, it's just like yeah, I mean that's that's how it fucking is, man. It's like and then you wanna see it but then you wanna do it again. You wanna see them again.
0: Yep, yeah.
3: Are you on Facebook? I bet you probably lay in bed for hours mindlessly scrolling through bullshit being posted by people that you hardly know and probably don't care about. Well, break up the monotony of a bunch of dumbasses whining about shit you don't care about and go like Music the Lifeblood on Facebook. That way, you can get some meaningful metal, hardcore, and punk rock shit in your news feed. Facebook.com backslash Music the Lifeblood Motherfucker!
0: I've only seen him twice, right? Yeah, I saw him on the convention tour in yeah. ninety five, ninety six. Okay, and that that was incredible. That that was abs- that was absolutely amazing because it's uh, that was a big deal. You know, that was, was a it, big deal. Was it
1: pre unplugged? Like yeah,
0: yeah, okay. yeah. It was so. Um, so that that's my that's one of my other oh shit moments the the actual oh, yes. the kiss to- the kiss convention being able to go mm. to that in the mid nineties and just 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 being an excited kid you know mm. what I mean just fucking losing my mind yeah losing my mind I'd never you know I had buddies at school that were you know kiss yeah that's rad man whatever but mm-hmm. no one no one that was as fucking like berserk about it as I was. And I didn't meet anybody else that was like that until I got to high school, and you know I th- I think it was so it would have been ninety five so I'm either fourteen or fifteen so somewhere in there, and uh, and I just remember it was at it was at a big hotel downtown Indianapolis. My mother it was it was my birthday present. From my mom, so my mom was like, "I'm going to take you to the Kiss convention. We're going to go all weekend." And we were there like fucking three days, I think. I don't know what it was, but um, two, two or three days, I don't know. But just standing in line and listening to the other people talk, they were, they were at their, they were at their, at they were the at the level of Kiss fandom as you and I are now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, okay,
0: yeah. And yeah. We, and being, just hook and, it all up. Yeah, and being that young and just fucking listening to them talk, you know, hearing a guy in line tell me about the Melvins, how they put out, you know, these 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 EPs that look like the cover of the solo albums. Yeah. Or um, you know, the the difference between in MBLP seven zero zero one, you know, versus everything else in the Casablanca catalog, and you know, that that there was a version of the first album without kissing time on it. I didn't even know yeah. that. That's when I found that out. You know, that wow. that was yeah. I that was the point that I that I found out that um that Vinnie Vincent had another band. You know, it just just it did it never just kind of it wasn't I was aware of Vinnie Vincent Invasion at you know b- before that, you know, like Love Kills and Ashes to Ashes and stuff. I was aware that they did a song for a Freddy movie. was that Nightmare on Elm Street 4. So, yeah, love kills. I think, I
1: think? love kills. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I was aware of it, but something just didn't click that that was Vinnie Vincent. And just listening to the conversation of people talking about, yeah, I met Vinnie. Blah blah blah. blah. Just that moment, and I remember walking into the the we go, we go downstairs and we go down to like the below street level floor of this hotel where they had this massive ballroom with a stage in it and this massive crowd. And there was going to be a tribute band that played later, you know, in the weekend, a tribute band. I think they were called strutter and, and then just all of the fucking vendors that were there to Hawk kiss shit, you know, seeing that there's this much kiss stuff. You know what I mean? Just like you, you, it's the proverbial shit, the pants moment. You know what I mean? Oh, like, Oh my God. Oh, you my fucking God.
1: Seeing it all for the first time. Yes,
0: yes. And just, yeah, and just seeing, like, this is a thing. This is real. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's when I discovered that the German Kiss logo looks different.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: picked up I picked up a copy of, I don't know, an album. I, I, I don't know, Love Gun, maybe. And the logo was different. And this guy's been, I was like, what's wrong with this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like, oh, it's a German one. The logo's different. I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even know that. And then the guy explained to me why it was different. Mm, You know, you get the story about the Gestapo and, you know, the the German Secret Service, that sort of thing. Just that entire weekend, just that entire weekend, just I, uh, you know, I felt like I was just like a teenage kid just, just creaming my pants for like 72, 48, 72 hours straight. It was that big of a deal. Standing in front of King Kelly's cover of Love Gun, the painting, and just how fucking huge that thing was. Looking at Peter Chris's, looking at Peter's, you know, drum kit from Alive. Yeah. Or looking at Eric's Eric's original Hawk costume, Eric Carr's original Hawk costume. Just seeing that in like that big display case, and just like, this is amazing. Yeah. This this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You know, it's it just it it.
1: You walked into a like it's like you you, you walked into a different dimension. Like you yeah, were, I, the
0: the I've you know I we big Jake and I have talked about it on the podcast in the past. Um, I compared it to just going to Oz.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, see, I mean,
0: seeing the Emerald City, you know, for the first time. It was it was that big of a deal.
1: Think about when you go to a a a, a record store for the first time. Sure, There's nothing but vinyl, right? Or just very, you know, whatever. And you're just like, oh, let's fucking get going. You know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm fucking here. You know, you're surrounded by fucking vinyl. Take that and times that by a million. You know, that's probably what, what you experienced. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's just kind of, you know, not only do you, you know, I mean, you can read about things. You know, obviously, when you went to that convention, it was pre-internet, whatnot. You know, you can read about stuff all you want. You can, you know, you can get like the... Um, the, the 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 fanzines that were out at the time and and there's like you can read about shit and hear about like the pinball machine you can hear about this toy you can hear about like so-and-so's original costume and shit like that you can hear about stuff all day long but then when it's you're right there with it it's like you've you've touched god you or you know what i mean it's just like you're you're just kind of like it's you, you just cross it kind of well, I mean, kind of like when i first saw them come out i mean it's like you're surrounded by. It's like you're being embraced by something that you love in a way. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you're walking into a cloud of your of your fanaticism. You know what I mean? It's very fucking transcendental. Like yes, big and bad.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for that young of an age when you when you're when the breadth of your experiences in life are limited. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. it's – I mean, that's a big deal. That's a really People big deal.
1: In magazines is all you really have. You yeah, know what I mean?
0: I, well, that was my. You know. I walked away from that. It introduced me to the sort of kiss army quote unquote culture. I don't know Mm -hmm. what else to call it. Um, Obviously there's, there's the, there's the ugly, uh, you know, the ugly Facebook comment thread mean, you know, I hate Tommy Thayer. I hate Eric Seger sort of side to the army. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, it is what it is, but Mm -hmm. there's also the, the very strong sense of community there's also yeah. there's also a very strong sense of uh, help the younger guys out. You know, yeah. I I experienced that in Spades at the at the Expo. You know, I met I met my the the guy that I bought most of my most of my video bootlegs from. There, he was mm. he was selling stuff, and he had a he had a bootleg operation called Domino Video, and I'm sure I'm sure it's just some dude that. You know, traded boots with other people, made copies of them on VHS, mailed them out, 10, 15 bucks. Here it is. There you go. And I uh, fucking dumped a lot of money, you know, you know, from, from my first, you know, wage earnings, you know, in, in into kiss bootlegs and being able to walk away with having like the other dudes in line being cool about all the questions I was asking, you know, and that carries over to it. I've mentioned it on a couple of, I don't know. I mentioned it on an episode of Vinyl Thursday a while back where I did an unboxing of some stuff that I got from, uh, from my guy in Germany. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, another KISS-centric podcast called KISS My Wax, Yep. and it's all specifically just KISS vinyl-related. And there's a group to go along with it, and that group hashes out, you know, when somebody has a question, you just go there. I fucking got a question. Here it is, and boom, 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 boom. You'll start getting the answers, and you know that the, my experience in that group is indicative of my experience with the Kiss Army at large. Everyone is fucking helpful when it yeah. comes to when it comes to people needing information or needing to understand something. Because it's almost like um, you know <laughs> when you when you learn about like the, the how the Indians pass down their history. You know, mm-hmm. where the shaman would be, the, you know, they would have a tribe storyteller. You know, yeah. they'd sit around the fire and, and they'd they'd pass on, you know, the history of the tribe or, you know, that sort of thing. And it's almost kind of like that. And I don't, you know, obviously I romanticize it in my head because I'm a Kiss fan. You know, I'm, yeah. a, hu- I'm a huge Kiss fan. So, uh, um, yeah. you, you You romanticize it to a degree in your head. But... There's not a lot of bands that have a community and a culture that surrounds them, and I think it's for me it's neat for it's for me it's neat to talk about that because I think it kind of elevates the level of discussion and the level of thought and the level of understanding that you can have into just music yeah. you know because for a lot of people. Uh, it's just a band, whatever the case is. And for me, there's a lot of bands like that. You know, there's a lot of bands I'm like, ah, it's a good band, whatever, who cares? But there's not a lot of bands that have that serious of an effect on its fan community. You know, I, I think if Iron Maiden is probably in that, is is in that upper stratosphere. The Grateful Dead, obviously, yeah. probably probably Metallica. You could put there. You know, where the following is just fucking dedicated.
1: Mm. You know, you get the people. Like you said, we're like the anti-Tommy and uh, um, Eric Singer guys. Sure. And the people that are like, well, no matter what they do, we'll support them. Yeah, this and this was a misstep, but we're still, you know, we're, we'll, we'll still support them. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy because you get the people that, that want things to be the way they were when they first came on the scene when oh. they were just, or they became, quote unquote, bubblegum. And then you get the people that accepted them when they were bubblegum. And they go, yeah, the, the you know the the first four. That's the most original. Uh, when, you know when they, um, you know when uh when Dynasty came out, I stopped. You know what I mean? You, you get those people. And then I actually talk to people that like the first like first three albums. Well, up to Alive. The people that some older dudes that stopped listening to them, or stopped caring about Kiss once Alive happened. And you know just like they were because they they back in the 70s they got into like. Um, either like uh, uh, like progressive stuff like you know, yes and Emerson Lincoln Palmer and whatever and rush, or they became like punk rockers. They're like, Yeah, you know, I was really into KISS because KISS was this underground thing that was going on at the same time as David Bowie and Mot Hoople and this and this, and then you know, Alive comes out and they're like, Oh shit, uh sex pistols? What what's this? You know what I mean? And they go <laughs> right. and, you know, Good point. and you get people that revisit So what's great, what I've noticed over the years there's so many different types of KISS fans. Right and eat- is passionate. They're passionate about their hatred of certain eras of Kiss <laughs> members. You know what I mean. Yeah. And then, yeah. but yet at the same time, they still they're mm. still and then you get. I mean, I'm dude. I'm such a fucking rube. I I will buy everything that I can, and I will support every era. You know, I'm a fan of the Eric Singer and the Tommy Thayer uh, thing because I look at it from this perspective. If there's something that you that you love so much. And you see it still going and it's being preserved. You know, I like the fact that it's fucking being preserved in some way. Yeah. It's bastardized to a certain point. It's, you know, some things might be blasphemy to certain people like, you know, kiss. They'd never do this, but they recovered from, I was made for loving you. They recovered from the elder. They recovered (laughs) from so many things that it's fascinating to a point. And I just, I just support it because I owe so fucking much to, the discovery of kiss.
0: Yeah, I think I, it's, I don't know. The, the, the most interesting thing to me when it comes to the culture surrounding the band is that the, the visceral reaction from the people that get frustrated with the band as it stands currently. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that reaction fascinates me, fascinates me um I, I get you know if if I had my way if I had my way, I would prefer that Tommy and Eric had their own makeup, but I understand why they don't, you know because mm. because the those those four archetypal figures the idea of the demon star child the Catman and spaceman
1: right now yeah
0: that that's they they are just that they're they're almost like literary archetypes. You know the protagonist, the antagonist, you know the 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 trickster. You know what I mean? Those all those literary archetypes. I feel like they kind of fill those roles just the same. And it's hard to imagine that group without any one of those. Yeah, everybody brings up the the. You know, Vinnie Vincent, and Eric Carr had their own makeup. Well, they did, yeah. But in 1982, like that was a sinking ship. A yeah. sinking ship that was on fire, had plague rats, and <laughs> no lifeboats, you know, to boot. You know what I mean? Like it was a it was a fucking doomed voyage by that point. And I mean it's great that they recovered from it, but you know, I, I do do I necessarily think that the reason it it was failing at that point was because people didn't see the spaceman and the catman on stage? No. I think it was doomed at that point because of the combination of Dynasty into Unmasked into the into the Elder. Yeah. Cuz when when you look at it when you look at the Love Gun fans, the people that were there for Love Gun alive 2, Rock and Roll Over, you know Destroyer alive 1, you know that sort of stuff, it's uh that that's a that's a very rock centric crowd, obviously. Yeah. And, and when you try to when you try to choke, you know, the Odyssey or or <laughs> or or dark, you know, dark light or you know, fucking Mister Blackwell down their throats, they're gonna they're gonna spit it up because, well, and yeah. that's that is the reason. That is the reason the band was failing at that point, at least in my opinion. That's my historical take.
1: You're, off, you're, you're right, because that's it's like the, tra- the trajectory was <laughs> a Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, yeah, Dynasty, yeah, the next album's going to rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unmatched, yeah, this one's a little bit better, but the next one's really going to fucking rock. And then, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What the fuck? Because... <laughs> All right, so, okay, 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 <laughs> hold on, hold on, because
0: that takes, that's my next oh shit moment right there.
1: Do it.
2: Do 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 do
1: do. Yeah, I was gonna go into carnival music the first time I heard that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I re- I remember I remember seeing the Elder in 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 the store when I was a kid. I remember seeing the Elder and Killers in the store oh, when yeah. I was a kid. Uh, in that music in the Musicland store that I was talking about, I remember looking at it going. What the fuck? Like literally, <laughs> I remember being like 8, 9 years old and I literally said, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I remember standing in the aisle pointing at that, pointing at the cassette. "What the fuck?"
2: And Is this a band? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and my brother, my brother, I looked at my brother who was down the aisle looking at like LL Cool J or the Scorpions or something like that, and I held it up. You know, held it up to him and I was like, "What what is this?" And he just went Kept thumbing, kept thumbing through stuff. And I I looked at it, turned it over. I don't fucking recognize any of these songs. What is this? They have a song called I? You know, and there's no fucking picture of the band. What the hell? Throw it back yeah. in there. Bought something else. And I remember when I finally did listen to it, because I was in high school by the time that I did sit down and listen to The Elder. I finally picked it up because I'm all like, I got, I got to buy this. No one ever talks about it you know, that sort of thing, but I remember people talking about it in line at the expo, just a conversation about the elder, and it was it it was a conversation that was, you know, like, obviously they were talking about it emphatically, but it was one of those times where it was just like, "Mm." everybody kind of had that look on their face where they were talking about it.
1: The same way, the elder.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it was it was, and when I did listen to it, the fanfare, you know like, okay, 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 something something big's coming, and then brrr-rum. yeah, <laughs> and we go we go into you know you know just a boy, Odyssey, and all that stuff, and at no point did it get better, yeah <laughs> you know what I mean there was no there was no war machine coming, there was no. Satan Sinner coming down the pipe. There was nothing, and it never came. The closest it came was The Oath, and I remember listening to The Oath the first time going, hey, I recognize that riff. That's on Animal Eyes.
1: I love that fucking song. I, and, you know, know,
0: I, and now I do, I do. But, you're,
1: but, you're right. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what song on Animal Eyes is that the same as? Um, is it like I've Had Enough? Yeah. Well, either way, but yeah, dance, 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 dance.
2: <laughs>
1: we could just do that for the rest of the. <laughs> no, but uh, it's it. What you're saying about the elder is true. Like what when I first heard the elder, um, again, Mister Eric Tran from you know Transig. What was cool about it is, but when when Eric brought uh the elder. Um, well, when I went over to his house and he showed me the elder, we'd known about it, but we were finally hearing it for the first time. And he was the, he had a CD player. And he was one of the only friends I I knew that that had one at the time. And he put it in. And what was great about it is I'd already listened to Halloween. Like Keeper of the Seven Keys Part One and Two. You know, um, if anybody listening to this is familiar with the fucking amazing power metal, you know, just fucking just. I, 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 I fucking love Halloween anyway, but I was, I was into Halloween. I'd already been um, kind of ex- exposed to sabotage, you know, and just bands kind of like that. Cause I was into, into thrash and just different types of metal then. So oddly enough, when I first heard the elder, I was like, Oh, okay. And I listened to it in a certain context of this is kiss doing um, progressive power metal. On you know, Jake's gonna fucking stab me in the fucking face um, <laughs> for saying that. But um, when I when I heard when I heard the oath and uh, um, yeah, <laughs> well, I, well no,
0: give give everybody context. Big Jake, the other co-host for Music of Lifeblood, anyway. Yes, anyway.
1: Big Jake, my 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 man crush, <laughs> Big Cuddly Jake, who's <laughs> his shit about power metal. And you can count on him to to give you the ins and outs of, of what it's all about. He knows what he's talking about. But anyway, um, I at a at a young age, um, this is this is probably um, you know late '80s, early '90s, discovering um, a lot of different types of metal and discovering the Elder. To me, it was an epic, um, you know. an an epic power metal type album in that it had like folklore and the whole nine. Mm. And I, I got it. I mean, I've never really been big into fantasy and, and, you know, and and stuff like that or whatever, but I got it. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, this is, this is kiss doing this thing next. Right. You know what I got, you know, because I I was discovering all these different kiss albums, all kind of at, at once. There was kiss albums I hadn't heard yet, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. We got elder. Boom. All right. Now, now what, you know what I mean? And then, Then, you know, then it was like, I think after that, you know, I, I, I heard, um, you know, animal or I'm I'm sorry, asylum, you know what I mean? There were certain albums that I could not get my hands on at all. I I, I couldn't go to, we had music land where I live too. And, uh, um, I couldn't go to music land and find asylum on cassette or CD. It was, there was a certain period of time where certain kiss albums were kind of hard to find. You know, so it was like okay, you know, and I accepted I accepted the elder for what it was. I knew it was I knew it never went gold, you know, or whatever, and I knew that it wasn't successful, and I knew that it was a rocky era. So it was kind of like you know, I was I was not grossed out by it like how a lot of Kiss fans were. I, sure. I actually accepted it for what it was. I liked Dark Light because I loved I love the Ace songs, um, the weird sort of kind of like punk rock part. <clears throat> Mr. Blackwell, the dan dan, dan 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 you know, I remember me and Eric Tran, freaking uh, you know, diving on, pretend we were stage diving, you know, diving onto his onto onto his, his bed and jumping off of his bed and just moshing <laughs> in his bedroom, moshing <laughs> to fucking Mr. Blackwell. <laughs> and I'm not going to speak for him, but I think that we both fully fucking dug the elder, you know, and we we appreciated what uh, it was, you know, because I, I, I
0: just I I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I don't I don't I don't, like I've I I was I was well into my 30s before I was I was even I I can't even. You know what I mean? I all the way into my 30s before anything substantial I I could I could pull anything substantial enjoyment wise out of that album. But I think the the most the most interesting part about it to me is that it's uh it's it is literally a train wreck. You know, mm-hmm. on 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 <laughs> on on wax, on vinyl. Like you put that on and you can go, Ugh! you know, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like if you <laughs> and that's that sometimes that's still my reaction like if I put my player on shuffle and something from the elder comes on, and it's not the oath or I. I'll literally yeah. go. It's jarring. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, what's, the,
1: it's, what's the ballad? Um, oh my god! It's uh, da 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 da, da, so da What the fuck song is that? The Odyssey. It's, okay, that is okay. I was thinking the oath when you said that earlier, but but I mean, yeah. When that, I mean. I, I almost fucking have anxiety when I listen to the elder sometimes because when I skip around to the songs that I want to hear, you know what I mean? Right, but
2: right.
1: work, I will listen to just kiss albums just one after another on, on my iPod or whatever, or on Spotify. And then just a big chunk of the elder will come through and I'll just be like, I'll fucking get, get twitching, like, <laughs> you know, because like, I know there's something cool coming on later in on, on the album or whatever, because I would like, You know, growing up in an era where a metal band or, you know, a rock and roll band would come up with a new album, there'd be the ballad, the big fucking rocker, the fucking, the the deep cut rocker, and then a bunch of fucking filler garbage. You know what I mean? You buy these albums over and over again in like, you know, the 80s and the 90s where that's what, that's what you would fucking get. And then when, (laughs) when, when Kiss would have an album that would be like a shit ton of filler, a single, a ballad, and then a fucking like a you know a, a cult classic. Right. It's fucking frustrating, you know what I mean? Because like you know when I listen to Dynasty and Unmasked, I'm like, okay, you know I'm gonna I'm, I can sit through She's So European, I can sit through Charisma, you know because there's some songs I like. But like out of like, I feel obligated to listen to the albums all the way through and not skip songs. Sometimes <laughs> so when I listen to it, I think of Bob Ezrin being on fucking coke and right after doing. You know, doing The Wall by Pink Floyd, and I can imagine. I can't, no, I can't.
0: No, when you, you, like, when, when we, we should do like a greatest moments in rock history bit, you know, for, yeah. for, you know, how does that, how does that go? How does that go? Bob, I've got an idea. We're going to make a story called Music from the Elder. It's going to be about a boy, and he's the chosen one, and blah, blah, blah. And then Bob Razzin's reaction. That's a good idea, Gene. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I just see him like a, a full on like boogie nice moment like Dude! <laughs> You know? And just full on like they went and they started like right then. Right <laughs> that moment. At four o'clock in the morning. Fucking Bob Fuck Bob, it, Bobby. we're
0: doing fuck it. We're doing it. One, yep. two, three. Just a
2: point, <laughs> go.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. N- all right, let's 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 try it again tomorrow. But you know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: we didn't get anything good. Let's, nope. let's start over tomorrow. Just that we, for six. We months. have 14
1: hours of tape and nothing's on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just a <laughs> You know what? I bet there's been multiple conversations where Gene and Paul were trying to convince themselves things were going fucking stellar. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like you know, yeah. I mean just we're almost there. And then then Ace Ace never fucking Ace recorded everything from his own studio in his house from what I heard. He never he never recorded with them. They sent him a yeah, party. He had, his,
0: he had his he had his home studio set up in Connecticut by that point. Yeah. Um and the rest of it the rest of it was worked out of um, out of Bob's house in i think i'm assuming in canada yeah maybe somewhere um, in, on somewhere in ontario i i don't know i'd have to i'd have to look into it but i'm assuming somewhere in canada but they were shipping mailing you know 2 inch reels to to ace's place in connecticut
1: yeah which,
2: what the fuck
0: you know in the
1: famous story of like when ace got um, his copy of the final mix on CD, he fucking just threw it at the wall. I just remember reading that, like that's like Ace fucking. He just either he didn't listen to it and just threw it against the wall and fucking smashed it, or he did and just fucking just yeah. It was it wasn't a good scene all around. No, I mean, it no. Was,
0: you know, no, I think, it's- you know when when you talk about the Elder and I and I mention it as a, I bring it up specifically as an oh shit moment because
2: mm-hmm.
0: oh shit moments can be bad too. Yes. You know, and I remember, like I said, I was, I was in my thirties before I was like, okay, 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 I'm gonna listen to The Elder. Fuck. You know, and really began to sort of, okay, this is The Elder. Alright, I'm gonna listen to it. Those drums sound like shit, but everything else is pretty good. You know, this is, I, I, I can, appre- I can appreciate the album for what it is, but, um, I'm kinda, I'm kinda in line with, how how I've heard Paul describe it before, in that uh, cool album, not a Kiss album.
2: Yes, absolutely. And, and I
0: don't I don't think I don't think there's any way to force it to be a Kiss album. You just
1: can't. You know. I know. Yeah, I know but people that they it, they love, they love it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like yeah. I I like yeah. the Elderman. You know, fuck, fuck Kiss, but the Elder's awesome. You know, like some hipster mentality. <laughs> probably, People have literally said that kind like, of. J- they probably
0: like destroy her too if that's you know <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and I you know I don't know. Just that that is easily that is easily one of my biggest oh shit moments. I don't
1: I mean, think you can top that in a lot you know, as far as like a negative oh shit moment, um that's kind of one of those things where it's just like, you know, where do we I mean not, not to not to bring the discussion to a screeching halt, but where do we go? from that type of oh shit moment because there's <laughs> numerous things that have happened after that, but it's just kind of like what, what down the road <clears throat> compares to that? What, I mean, is there anything more tragic in mm. you know, between like 19, you know, 1981 and like right now tragic other than Eric Carr passing away? Yeah. Yeah. You know what else? I mean, cause fucking the way I see it, man, you've got, you've got the elder, and then you've got Eric Carr passing away, and then everything else is is good times. It's uphill you know from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I th- I mean I don't know. I don't know. I was you know as you know as far as uh, as far as like those oh shit moments. Mm-hmm. I didn't want the reunion to happen. I could see that. Yeah, I really did not want the reunion to happen because I had I had done my homework by that point, and I just the, I had I had looked into the output of Peter and Ace and you know how their playing was by that point and you know i just i didn't didn't want it to happen did not want it to happen i wanted i wanted another revenge now that said i understand that the reunion is crucial to the band's longevity and to its ability to to survive you know so to speak because as much as I fucking love Revenge, I would easily put that in one of my top five albums. The tour stopped early because of low attendance, you know, and that's, that's such, that's, that's such a huge bummer. But, you know, yeah. but, but I mean, if you, you look at the, the musical landscape, you know, what else was going on around that time? I mean, it makes sense. 600- This concludes music the lightbloods part one of our greatest oh shit kiss moments we'll see you next time for part two